because my husband and I both strongly believe like the best way to learn how to do something is to just do it. And if you make a mistake, you fail at it, then you learn from that and then you, you do it again. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 127 of the Kamano Voice. Today, I speak with the owner and founder of the Kamano Shop. Please welcome Melissa Overbeck. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kamano Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Kamano Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Yeah! Uh, sorry, gotten into the music again. Uh, anyways, welcome back to the Camino Voice. Um, I am your host, Brandon Erickson, and now I have lost track of what I was doing or saying. Ooh. Okay, I'm back. Um, welcome. Uh, we release a new episode every Tuesday. I am definitely on my game this week. Um, how is your guys' week going? Um, because for my week, I am confused. <laughs> if you cannot tell from my intro, that is now, I think, 30 seconds in, and I have done nothing of the intro. So I'm going to move on now. Okay. Um, this week, we have Melissa Overbeck from the Kamano Shop. Uh, joining us here on the podcast. Uh, if you haven't figured out where that is yet, or if you didn't know about the Commander Shop, the Commander Shop is a brand new uh, small little market uh, here on Commando Island. It is right by Commando Marine uh, on your right hand side if you're driving on the island. Uh, they've got a board, they've got a, a fence up now that has a banner and, and says open now. But um, if you ever are swinging that direction, and all of you pass that every day, so you have no excuse. Swing in and stop by. They're open on the weekends. Um, <clears throat> I believe they're currently open Thursday through Saturday. Uh, I don't remember if they're still open on Sundays or not. But uh, anyways, check out their website. Get all the info there. Um, but um, yeah, they're a fun little shop that opened up right before Christmas. And her and her husband have a background in real estate and wanted to uh, you know, open up this shop uh, and it's, it's neat how it's set up because it's got that whole vibe of still being a house cause it's actually all done in a house setting. Um, but it's not a house itself. It is a shop, uh, but where you would find things, say if you're shopping for kitchen things, it's set up in the sh kitchen of the house. Um, so it's a lot of fun to walk around to check out. Um, so I definitely suggest, suggest you guys stop by there. Um, so I got to have her on the podcast, uh, post Christmas season. So congratulations to Melissa for surviving a whole Christmas season. Uh, the very first of many, hopefully. And, um, anyways, uh, got to talk to her about her background, uh, find out kind of the dream and vision behind the commando shop and where she sees it in the future. So, um, anyways, this was a very long winded opening, but, uh, that's where I'm at right now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Melissa Overbeck. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kamano Voice. Today, I'm here with the founder of the Kamano Shop. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa Overbeck. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Did I pronounce your last name correct? Yes. All right. Yep. Cool. Sounded, it looked phonetic, so I just <laughs> went with it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about Melissa. 
Um, yeah, I moved to Camino with my husband and, and our son in um, August. Okay. Um, from Linwood. Um, I was originally from Sylvana and went to um, Seattle for college and work and all that. And we just kind of have been finding our way mm. back home and um, moving north. And we opened the Camino shop in um, November. Nice. Yeah. So we're just kind of resettling with our new life here on Camino. And um, we love it. It's nice. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. How did you find out about Camino? Um, yeah, just growing up in Sylvana, it was pretty close by. Um, although I didn't spend a lot of time out here as a kid, we would go into Stanwood. Um, the Stanwood Camino Fair was probably the closest. Yeah. Um, we would go there every year. Um, but I guess more recently, probably six or seven years ago, we bought a Airbnb out on Camino, and okay. then uh, we just spent a lot of time out here on like little mini vacations. And then um, during the pandemic, we were here a lot. Yes. So that was a big um, driver getting us up here. Nice. Very cool. So you grew up in Sylvana then. Um, were you like in the main town part or kind of out in the outskirts? Yeah, we were um, um, pretty close to the fabulous downtown Sylvana, which has, at least when I was a kid, there was a bar and a church and a post office and uh, not too much else. So it was a pretty um, small town. Uh, my parents had a um, dairy farm. Okay. So um, had that, you know, farm life childhood, um, which was really great and fun. And um, yeah, I wasn't like a farm kid, but I grew up on a farm. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> but that probably means that you did a lot of work out there and maintaining and stuff. Um, my brother and sister did okay. a lot of work outside. I was the third. <clears throat> and my parents noticed right away that I wasn't really an outdoor <laughs> kid. So um, my mom was really good at getting me involved in sewing and art and crafts and baking and um, just trying to keep me occupied and helpful in the family, but without having to get too dirty. Okay. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, um, I didn't fully embrace all the outdoor responsibilities. Okay. So, uh, as you were growing up then and got into like high school and stuff, uh, what kind of drew you to different paths or what, mm -hmm. what kind of interested you during that time? Yeah, um, I think because at such a young age, I was really interested in fashion, that became a part of my identity. So by the time I got into high school, um, I was working at JCPenney in Marysville. Um, okay. I started there when I was 16, and I worked there for about five years. Um, and I loved everything about it. I did the, um, the visual displays, so um, putting all the new merchandise out, mm -hmm. figuring out how to make it all look good. Um, and I didn't have, you know, experience in that. They just, it was an opportunity and I wanted it. So they let me do it. And I learned so much doing that. And I also did the Snow Isle Skill Center, okay. um, which is in Muckleteo. Um, so I studied fashion and merchandising there. And I did that my junior and senior year. So um, a lot of my high school years, I was sort of already in that industry. <laughs> And not so much in high school. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people know JCPenney, but it's yeah. a shell of what it used to be. <laughs> right. What was it like for you back then? What was the kind of atmosphere of the store and yeah. how did that all feel? 
Yeah, um, I'd say it was in the days where JCPenney and Macy's, or back then it was the Bon Marche, all those department stores, that was where you shopped because there wasn't Amazon. Or maybe there was, but they were just selling books at the time. Um, So a lot of local people would come to JCPenney's and shop. Um, There were clothing and housewares, men's, kids. um, And it was a little store, so um, I did get to work in all the departments and got to um, you know, work with customers and with all those different kinds of needs. And because Marysville, you know, still is a smaller ish town, we had a lot of regulars. And so it was fun to help people look for Christmas gifts and, um, you know, put their like bedding together, what sheets with what comforter. (laughs) Um, so it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. And as a company then, when you were working there, did it feel very corporate or did it feel more small town Mm -hmm. business? They were very professional, and I loved that because um, it just felt so grown up. Like, there was a merchandising manager, and she was 25, and she wore a suit to work, and I just thought she was so fabulous. And um, the store manager, he wore a suit every day, and he was very traditional, and he had his office, and he would give me little, like, tidbits about the fashion industry um, every now and then, and I just loved it. I loved hearing, like, anything I could about it. Um, So it did feel very corporate and very grown up, and I felt lucky to be there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, then when you were getting ready to graduate high school then, you had Mm -hmm. shown kind of that interest in that industry. Uh, how did you kind of pick out a school and everything? Yeah, so I ended up going to the Art Institute in Seattle, um, mostly because it was um, it was close by, and it just felt really dreamy to go to an art school. Um, <laughs> a lot of you know schools are in LA or in New York, and I just wasn't ready to travel that far. So for for me and my family, it felt like a good place um, to go, and I didn't have to do any like pre-classes, I could just go straight into the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a two-year degree, and I got through it in a year and a half. So it was really fun to just, like, dive right into the subject that I cared about yeah. versus, like, taking more classes that weren't so focused. Right. Um, so I really – it was a good spot for me at that time. Nice. And what was that like for you actually, like, getting to jump into it? Were you um, – Like, what kind of work did you guys do and things like that? Mm -hmm. At school? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was very hands-on. We had a um, a sewing class and a pattern-making class. And um, I had already, like, grown up sewing my whole life. So Mm -hmm. um, the first class we did, we were sewing on paper. And I thought it was really funny because my mom had me do that when I was five. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the first part was a little bit okay, this is, this is going to be easy. But then it got really hard um, when you get into pattern making and grading a pattern. So that would be like um, creating the different sizes for each pattern okay. where if you're like a 16th of an inch off, you're going to get a C or a D. Like you have oh, wow. to be super accurate. Um, so that technical side of it was really difficult for me because I'm more of an artistic person. Mm-hmm. And um, so that scared me. Like, <laughs> am I going to be able to do this? Um, but I really liked the other classes like, um, you know, costume design and, um, you know, like doing vision boards and the more creative side of it. And marketing, I thought, was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I got to learn 
all the different parts of the industry and but no one really explained to me that you could specialize. I kind of thought I had to be really good at all of them. Okay. Um, yep. So I was a little worried what it was going to look like when I had my first job. Um, but it, it worked out. It was okay. Nice. So um, when you graduated, then, where did you end up going? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky to get a job right out of college at Tommy Bahama. Okay. And... Um, I didn't really even know what Tommy Bahama was, except that I, like my brother-in-law had one of the shirts. Um, and I knew that there wasn't a ton of job opportunities in Seattle. So anyone that was interested in interviewing me, I was like, yes, <laughs> like, let me go check that out. Um, and it ended up being a really good fit. Nice. So what was your position that you were hired on there for? Yeah, so I started um, in the men's department as a production assistant. Okay. So basically what that job is making sure that everything that's coming in through the factories matches what the designers wanted. Okay. So that would be checking color standards, um, measuring everything to see if anything was out of tolerance, um, a lot of filing. Um, we would look at color under a light box that had like a bunch of different light sources. So we would know what it would look like in daylight, inside the store, um, just kind of making sure everything is good uh, for it to be released into stores. Okay. Yeah. So, so you were kind of like the final check before they sent it off and they were ready mm -hmm. to go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which was a really good entry point because um, I got to learn a lot about... Um, you know, what things should look like, um, because I didn't really know. I'm like, well, yeah, it's blue. That looks blue. But they're like, but it's slightly too, too yellow. I'm like, it is. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's don't you see. And so then I got to learn about color really well. And, um, just the different, you know, things being too saturated or, um, you know, and how that makes and how that affects things. Cause if you have them, a bunch of Navy shirts in a store and half of them look different than the other half, mm -hmm. It's just not going to look good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, really exciting <laughs> work. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go from there? Mm -hmm. um, and then I got a job. Um, so basically my whole design career, I worked at Tommy Bahama. Okay. I was there for 13 years. Wow. Um, so within the span of 13 years, I basically went through all the different promotions that you could have. Um in that department. So the next was an assistant designer and then I was an associate designer and then I was a designer. So at that point I was the one, you know, designing the clothing that another production assistant was checking to make sure it was, you know, right before it went, um, went out on, um, to the stores. So it was a really, really good to, to know how to do that work. So when I was working with someone doing that, I knew, you know, how to work together. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we had a lot of, you know, 13 years is a long time at a company. So there would be, you know, new bosses that would come in or new collections that they would want. Mm -hmm. So, um, eventually I was brought on to lead a new line at Tommy Bahama. Um, so that was the most exciting part of my career. Okay. Nice. What was the new line then? Um, so it was called Tommy Bahama Relax, and it was um, centered around men's swimwear okay. and um, kind of more that beachy 
uh, more casual part. So it wasn't like the silk shirts that maybe people would traditionally think about Tell Me Bahama. So it was, um, the intention was to reach a younger customer. So it would be, you know, board shorts and linen shirts and t-shirts and um, swimwear just seemed like a, a good avenue to, um, you know, branch out a little bit from yeah. the traditional Tommy Bahama look. So I had a big challenge um, to kind of reinvent. And I remember my boss would say, you know, if, if we were to start over today with Tommy Bahama, not knowing what it was before and just looking forward, what would you do? Um, so I loved how he gave me that direction. And then I had a team of designers that I was working with that were we were collaboratively designing together. Um, so that felt really new and exciting, and it almost felt limitless, even though it wasn't. We definitely had limits, but I had a lot of room to grow creatively mm -hmm. um, and also to grow my team creatively and push them um, to think outside the box, too. So that was, um, yeah, that was really good memories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> as you kind of went through each step in that career, um, obviously you're kind of learning, like you, you're very fortunate that it seems like you got to stair step your way up. Like mm -hmm. you basically took the next step up so that like when you look backwards, you were working with the, that where you just came mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Um, but as you got more into the more creative freedom and more mm -hmm. of the design and all of that, um, where did you kind of one, like kind of pull inspiration from, mm -hmm. but like, did this involve like you going to shows and things like that as well? Yes. Um, so we did get to travel a lot, which was also amazing. Um, so we would go to New York every season to, um, uh, go to art shows. So we would meet with, um, vendors that were selling art that's basically designed for apparel. Um, so just in a day, we could walk through and see a bunch of different um, artists. And we would also um, go vintage shopping. I loved um, like looking at old things and then working with our art department in the office on how to recreate it. So, hey, this, you know, this plaid is really cool the way that, you know, this color is fading in. Is there a way that we could do that um, in a slightly new way and kind of give them... Um, some direction on how to interpret um, vintage. Mm -hmm. So I really love doing that because it, again, it's collaborative. I always like working with other creatives and um, kind of seeing what we could do together. So I love starting from vintage. And then um, we would get to shop too. So um, just kind of shopping the local market, seeing what our competitors are doing. Um, seeing what they're doing in higher end menswear. I never went to like, uh, you know, a fancy fashion show or anything like that, but just shopping the, you know, the market, um, yeah. whether it's, it was in New York or LA, um, we would travel to Asia quite a bit. Um, so it was nice to see, you know, what they have in their stores being, um, at least at the time, a little bit, I feel like they can get things from Europe quicker than we could here in the okay. U.S. It may be different now, the speed of everything, but at least at the time, um, it was a really good place to shop for inspiration. So we would gather all this stuff, and then we would pin it up on the walls in our workroom, mm -hmm. and then just kind of play with it and see, you know, what ideas were coming together. Um, and, we, and then we would develop a color palette. Um, so every month, there would be a new color palette, and then we'd color the prints into those colors, um, so that when there would be like a new drop at the store, it would have like a fresh new look. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So that was that was really fun too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so cool. So, um, so when I think of Tommy Bahama, I always think of like the the big shirt, you yes, kind of Hawaiian style mm-hmm. shirts. Um, as you guys kind of looked at different things, how did you kind of bring in? Because uh, you were saying it like European style stuff were hitting mm-hmm. Asia before they were hitting us during that time. Yeah. How did you guys kind of incorporate that? Because that doesn't like yeah. there's nothing about Tommy Bahama that <laughs> makes me think European. <laughs> right. Um, just just at the time, more forward fashion was coming out of other countries versus the U.S. I think things are different now, where streetwear is really setting the trend, and you know someone could post something on TikTok or Instagram, and it's like the newest trend. So um, the whole cycle of fashion has changed. Um, but at the time, it was always looking to like other countries for kind of getting to the trend before us. Mm-hmm. So even if we weren't following it closely, there might be something simple that we would do. Maybe it was um, that the button size was getting smaller. Okay. It could be something as simple as that, especially in menswear. Those tiny little details make such a big difference. Yeah. Um, the shape of the collar, um, the poofiness of the sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So you like you ended up spending a lot of your that time period then kind of studying men's fashion and yes. stuff like that. Um, was that something that you were like, were there, was there a point where you felt like, oh, man, I wish I'd taken a different mm-hmm. direction and gone to women? Or <laughs> did you really enjoy that aspect of it? Yeah. When I originally applied to work at Tommy Bahama, there was a men's job and a women's job. And I really wanted the women's job because... You know, I got into fashion because of this dream of fashion, which usually is more towards women's apparel. So um, I didn't seek out to be a menswear designer. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, but then I did like it because it didn't feel personal. It felt like mm. I could design for somebody else, where if I was designing women's clothing, I might want to do what I want to do versus maybe what uh, the vision of the brand is so yeah. it was nice having that separation yeah at least as I was working for another company okay nice so um you worked through this for quite a while then 13 years yeah um, what kind of made it that you'd made the decision to move on yeah um yeah I feel like 13 years is a, a pretty good chunk of time somewhere and <laughs> I was happy there and I, nothing like crazy happened that forced me to leave, but I wanted to leave on a high note that felt really important to me. And I, I didn't see what my next promotion was, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that next step for me would have been a job that I didn't really want. Yeah. Um, so kind of looking, looking at my future and what I really wanted, if I didn't see it there. It just wasn't motivating me to stay there. Yeah. And also the industry was changing and it was becoming a little bit less creative where, um, we were doing more things online and more like recreating things we've done before because they sold well, Okay. but maybe a slightly variation on the color. Yeah. So it was starting to feel a little less creative and, and more, um, more corporate in a way that, um, I didn't, 100% agree with. Okay. Um, And, you know, if I'm going to work for a company, I want to be all in. And I just felt like I was starting to drift and it was time. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Okay. So that was kind of an interesting time for me because 
from the outside, I had my dream job Mm -hmm. and I had worked so hard for it and I had put so much of myself in it. So to tell my friends and family and yeah, I'm just going to quit and I don't know what I'm going to do was definitely like the weirdest time (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Yeah. But my husband was very supportive. He Mm. saw me when I would come home and just be kind of drained and um, he saw that I didn't have that like spark that I used to um, of wanting to go to work and just being sort of grumpy about a meeting. And um, so he pointed it out, you know, and he was like, are you, are you doing okay? Or how are things? And, and I was kind of grumpy and he was like, well, why don't you quit? And I, well, I mean, I, why would I quit? And he's like, well, I don't know. I was just, just asking. But since he put that idea in my mind, I thought about it a lot. And, um, and I ended up putting in my notice and yeah, not knowing what I was going to do next. Okay. Very cool. Well, very insightful husband. I don't think most husbands are, are that in tune. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm pretty lucky. So what, how did you kind of find your way then? Yeah. So I took about six months off mm-hmm. and, um, I watched Glee and I watched, um, I like caught up on all these TV shows and I got out my sewing machine and um, I had this idea of making like kids clothes and I was making dresses and just being creative and um, doing whatever I sort of felt like without a purpose. Um, but it's it was kind of a break that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um And we didn't have any kids at the time, so I didn't have any other responsibilities. And so I just kind of played around in my sewing room and watched TV. And that was great for six months. And after six months, um, (laughs) I was like, I should probably figure something out. Um, So my husband is a realtor and he suggested, well, why don't you get your real estate license? I could use some help. I have a lot of buyers and I can't drive them all around. If you get your license, you can go shop with them. You like shopping, right? (laughs) So I figured if my choices were, you know, driving people around and looking at houses or looking for another design job that I didn't really want to do, I, I said, all right, fine, let's just do this. So I got my license. Um, but I told my husband what my boundaries were. I told him, I don't want to write contracts. I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to, you know, go through an inspection report. Like, I don't want to do any of that, but I will shop and I will talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that was great because he, he was fine on those other things. It was just, um, you know, him needing some help with his buyers. Um, so I did that for about a year. Um, and that was a really good experience. Um, just learning a new industry. Like I didn't know I could learn a new industry. Um, even studying for the real estate exam and learning about, you know, mortgages and, um, just all the little, the legal stuff that Mm -hmm. goes on with real estate. Um, And I was really proud of myself that I could learn that and I could take a test and I could pass the test and I could talk about real estate. And um, I think what I found doing that is, um, you know, when you're a real estate agent, you're a business owner. Um, So I got to learn a lot about um, what it takes to run a business. Mm -hmm. So um, that was that was a cool next step for me. Yeah. Nice. So you said you did that for about a year, then then where'd you go? Um, 
So I did that for about a year and I was, um, our team was growing and my husband and I were bringing on more agents to our team. And I saw how much they loved being a buyer's agent and loved all aspects of real estate and were so excited. And I didn't have that same excitement. So I was like, well, it's probably better if they do it versus me doing it because they're way more excited. Um, But one thing that did stick out to me was um, like going and looking at houses with buyers and seeing how there were certain things that they just couldn't overcome about Mm -hmm. a house. Yeah. Um, So things like, um, well, for example, there was this one house where um, this couple had a dog and they wanted to be close to work and they wanted... Um, a big yard with a fence and I showed them maybe four or five houses one day and the last one I showed them I was like this has got to be it and they they didn't like it and then they kept referring it to it as the house with the red steps and I was like well what do you mean the house the house with the rest. Don't you mean the house with the really big backyard that's fenced <laughs> in because that was the only one we saw today that like fits all your needs and they were like did it have a a big backyard and it just like dawned on me like they were so um focused on these red steps that could easily be painted that they didn't see the potential in the house mm. um so then that got my mind going more towards how can I work with sellers to help them avoid buyers finding flaws right in the house yeah um so that led to thinking about home staging and doing like mini remodels. So like little updates to house bef- houses before they're listed. So then I kind of flipped and started working more with sellers. So my husband and I would team up, work with sellers, and then our buyer's agents would work with buyers. Um, and then we started a staging company. Okay. Um, which has grown quite a bit in the last five five years. Okay. Yeah, what a, what a time to have a staging company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's, um, it was an interesting time, too, because staging was pretty normal in Seattle, and that's kind of the base of where our business was. And then as, you know, like Bothell and Linwood and other areas were growing, staging became more standard there as well, when maybe five years ago it wasn't. Um, so we, we were able to... Um, book a lot of jobs and and stay really busy. Okay, nice. So, um, so do you guys still run the staging company as well? Then we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's based in Woodenville. Okay, nice. So then, how did this all kind of culminate into the commando shop? Yeah. Um, so that is a great question. Um, so staging really came out of a necessity um, and like a growth of real estate. And then kind of the same thing that happened to probably most people um, that the pandemic has made us all think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the combination of the pandemic and just more soul searching of like, what do I really want to do? What do I really want to spend my time doing? And also um, being a new mom, staging was difficult because it's um, you're out at a job site you're, tra- you're driving a lot. Um, yeah. There's a lot of prep work at the warehouse and then on site at the property for staging and destaging and um, just spending a lot of time away from my, my son and my home and my family. And it, was, it still wasn't like 
the dream job for me, although it's, it's amazing and I, I love it. I didn't love it enough for it to take me away from my family. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, brain starts turning again and just thinking, well, if I could do anything in the world (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't have any limits, what would I do? Um, and like, I do love staging. I do love getting homes fixed up. I do love fashion. Um, I would like more time with my family. You know, what could that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we viewed this cute little farmhouse on Camino one day. And my husband and I just started like visioning out what a business could look like there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So then what kind of pushed you guys over the edge to decide, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Yeah. Um, so as realtors, we are always looking for a good opportunity. So, um, the house had been on the market for a while and there were no other offers. So, um, from a pure real estate investment point of view, we felt like it was a smart, um, choice to go ahead and try to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't going to be a shop, it could be a rental property. Yeah. Um, and we weren't scared of the work that it needed. Um, we felt like it was worth it. It was worth going in and doing because most buyers were turned off with just how much work the house needed. And yeah. I get it. It, we put a lot of work into <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, I'd say the first step we put in an offer and just from that pure, this is a good investment point of view, we felt good about it. Um, and then afterward, and it was a long closing with it. Yeah, it took a while. So we did have time to kind of think about it further and a little bit further down the line, we were like, well, we should probably move to Camino. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, like, you know, how things um, line up and... Um, so then we started looking for a house to live in out here. And then it was this whole new, you know, life that we were building. Um, and how could we do that and do everything else that we're doing? Um, so the other really cool thing that came out from this is that I hired my best friend to run our staging business. Okay. And, um, I mean, we've never worked together. Um, we were friends since, um, first grade, and, you know, we've went and did our own things and had our own careers. But I knew that um, she's always been really into interior design and she studied it um, at Bellevue Community College. Okay. And um, I thought maybe she would be ready for a new opportunity. Um, so I called her and I asked her if she had any interest in helping me run the staging business. And um, she was like, well, I've been thinking about what's next. And so it was really cool. It just felt like, oh my gosh, because I could trust her. She was going to do an awesome job. And now we talk every day on the phone and, (laughs) you know, there's always chit chat about work and then everything else. Um, and she's doing amazing. So she's, she's running it. Um, I haven't been on a stage in, mm, uh, three months. Okay. <laughs> so um, she's been doing all of that. And then she has, um, we have a team of three to four other stagers that she can hire as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's supported and we're slowly bringing on more staging help um, for her as we continue to grow that. 
because um, I wouldn't have been able to open the store and do what I was doing with staging. So um, yeah. having her really allowed us to to start the next business. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we yeah. Um, kind of similarly, uh, we ended up hiring on um, my wife's, one of her best friends, mm-hmm. um, Emily. And so she's she's been great. And that all kind of came about because of the pandemic as well. Of mm-hmm. just, she's worked in the theater world and mm-hmm. that's what her career is. That's what her master's is in. Oh, wow. Um, and she had a job lined up and everything. And then pandemic hit and it shut yeah. everything down. And we're, they all were like, right. we don't know when we're going to turn these back on. Yeah. Um, and so she was moving back to the area to live with her parents until she figured out what her next step was. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, uh, reached out and mm-hmm. we're like, I think, you know, you've got the skill set to do what. Yeah. To kind of work as a general manager and help us. And um, yeah, it's been awesome. She's done such a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's that same factor. Like you already have the trust factor and these other things. It's just a question. Can you work together? And and does she, can she do the job? Yeah. And if those prove out, then, then it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, And, you know, since we've known each other since first grade, we're not shy to say, what we feel so there's no you know if there's any kind of issue or whatever where we just say oh I don't like how that looks or can no let's do something different and it's it's easy um so that has been really nice yeah that's great yeah so then um once you guys made that decision then to actually Mm -hmm. like instead of making a rental and making it into an actual store yeah what was kind of your thought going into it yeah. Um, so the first step was doing some renovations. And so since we've been helping clients get their homes ready, we did have some experience, you know, in working with contractors, painters, plumbers, you know, um, all of that. But it was always for the point of view of neutralizing. So, you know, always simplifying things and, um, you know, white paint and, um, you know, clean landscaping and just really simplifying, um, when you're putting a house on the market. Um, so for this one, I felt like I got to play a little bit. So it kind of felt like an experimental design house for me. So Mm -hmm. I could make some, um, design choices that were for us, not for a client where they would be like, really, is that what we should do? (laughs) Um, so it, it was really cool, um, because my husband and I both, strongly believe like the best way to learn how to do something is to just do it. And if you make a mistake, you fail at it, then you learn from that and then you, you do it again or you fix it. And, um, just that experience is like priceless. And so to have our own house that we were doing our own thing on, um, we could kind of experiment and not that we did anything crazy. I don't think we did. Um, but we went a little more, um, you know, like farmhouse, cottagey. Um, we did a copper piece on the roof, which was um, kind of pushing it and asking our roofer to like also think outside the box a little bit of how to how to do something like that. Um, so that was the first step of just like how is it gonna look? And then the second step of you know, what are we going to put in here? And since we do staging and it's a house, I just thought it would be so cool to have it still look and function like a house. 
Um, so the kitchen will have kitchen products and it'll, you know, we can show how to, how to style shelves or how to put together a charcuterie board and, you know, cloth napkins and just have all those things there. Um, and also just the environment of it being a home versus like a store, because I mean, we've all just been spending so much time in our homes and that's where we're comfortable now and it's cozy and it's inviting. Um, so we just really wanted the store to have this environment that's very welcoming and, um, maybe doesn't feel like a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like coming from real estate, sometimes it feels like we're hosting an open house yes. uh, when we, when we're open. Um, but that's just kind of what comes natural to us. And then also knowing that there's not a ton of shopping on the Island. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to have things that would be easy for people to grab. Like, Hey, you know, we're, we have a new baby, um, in the family. You just need to grab a little baby gift or we, um, I need a new sweater for a dinner party that we're going to. That's yeah. what we, that's how we dress up now. We put like a sweater on. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So also thinking about what the needs might be here, um, having it be cozy and cute and combining my background of staging and fashion. Um, so the clothing that we do have in the shop, it's cozy and it, um, the look at the look of it matches the design of the house. Yeah. Well, and I love that we got to go visit you guys. Um, actually the day that you guys had Kameno cookies yeah. uh, there, at least there's, um, and so it was fun to be able to stop in and see you guys. And, um, yeah, just the, the layout of the shop, it, it makes it that, you know, you've, uh, I've heard of restaurants and stuff that do that where they set up the restaurant, like, mm, like a house and yeah. so you're eating in different rooms. And, yeah. um, you know, I love the idea of the, the store kind of being that way and it mm-hmm. allows people that kind of already like you're helping them They're, you're helping mm-hmm. them picture what it could be in their house. Yes. And then instead of being like, Oh, I need to remember to go to Amazon and go buy that and then do this. Like they can just <laughs> pick it up and buy it there. Yes. So. Yeah. And I love Amazon and online shopping, but there's something about walking through a boutique and just, um, seeing how it, yeah, how it functions in a house. If yeah. you're looking at throw pillows to be able to <clears throat> set them on a couch, yeah. right. And think about what, you know, is there a throw blanket that goes with it too? How are you going to style the coffee table? Are you going to do something new on the fireplace mantle? Um, so kind of a one-stop inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, I mean, we, yes, we like Amazon and things like that. They always, you can go on buy whatever, but like mm-hmm. one, because there's so many things on Amazon, mm-hmm. obviously, yes. uh, the amount of times you go on to buy one thing, you end up buying three things, but none of them were the right. thing you went for. Um, and then it's so hard to tell quality from a picture. Like yes. the picture, two pictures can be the exact same. Cause again, a lot of the pictures probably come from the manufacturer. So yes. like you'll see two pictures that look similar, but you'll get the products and they're totally different. Yes. So like really like when it comes to pillows, blankets, mm-hmm. clothing, like getting that touch and feel in there yeah. is really, really important, I think. Yeah. And also sometimes um, you just want to be inspired. Like you don't know what you want. Yeah. Um, I love it when people walk in and they don't necessarily need anything in particular. They just want to kind of feel it out and see what mm-hmm. we have. And then they find, you know, they find a vintage piece of art and they find, um, you know, a sweater for their daughter. And it's just cool to see um, what people end up buying. 
Yeah. There's usually a, an interesting mix of things. Yeah, for sure. So um, congratulations, by the way, on getting through your first holiday season. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so how did your first holiday season go for you? Yeah, I mean, um, we don't have anything to compare it to, so I'm saying it's fabulous. It, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I had a rough idea of what I thought we could do, um, and we did double that. Wow, so I, congratulations. Yeah, I feel really happy and, um, especially our opening day, um, like the community just came out to support us. Like it was incredible. Um, my husband was out with his vest and helping (laughs) direct parking. And, um, I think people just wanted to show up and, um, support us. And like that day was just like, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was so cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So as you kind of, now that you've gotten your first few months under your belt and everything, yeah. what are you kind of planning out for this year? Yeah. Um, so I'm lo- really looking forward to this summer because I know it's such a destination to, um, to come out here in the summer. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure we have all those things that people might forget when they're coming out here, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, as we can develop the property a little bit more, this might be further out, but you know, have like a cool fire pit out front, or if we could do something more with the garage, maybe it's like a lounge. I don't know. Um, but just having more spaces around that people could, um, hang out there. Um, it was interesting. Um, early on, a lot of people were asking me, you know, if we're going to do events and, um, can they just come hang out at the store and people really seeking community and time together. And it feels like a a safe, um, like a meeting point too, because not a lot of people are going into each other's homes. And so having these public spaces that feel like a good place to gather with people, I think, um, if we could build that out more, we are doing a book club, um, that we started this month and I have, um, there are 31 of us on the book club, nice. which has been awesome. So it's facilitated on a Facebook group. And then we're going to do, um, the last Saturday of the month at the store as a okay. meetup. Um, and it's all books that I read last year that helped get me ready for opening the store. Yeah. So it's a lot of business books and homemaking and inspirational stories. Um, so with that, I'm, I'm finding a, a community of, um, you know, people that are like-minded and, um, so we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, that's like our first event that we're doing on a regular basis. Um, so I'm really excited about the book club, um, and this summer I think will be really fun. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, what are some of the business books that have been most helpful to you? Yeah. Um, so for January, we're reading The One Thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it is a it is from Gary Keller. Um, so he's a realtor. He's He owns um, Keller Williams, which is the brokerage that we're with. And it's an awesome book. I read it eight years ago, and then I read it every year and um, get something new out of it each time. So yeah. that's like my number one favorite business book. Um Another one that stood out is um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Okay. Um, which is really good for people who have had a certain amount of success and then they're looking to push forward. Um, so, you know, as you become 
more of a, a leader, the way that you push forward looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really insightful and kind of like hard to read, you yeah. know, like it kind of like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, that probably wasn't the best way to approach that. Um, but it, it was really good. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, the um, one book that I really enjoy, a business book, uh, that I just feel like hits on a lot of aspects of business, kind of the mm-hmm. full circle of it, uh, is the Entree Leadership book. Mm. Um, it's by Dave Ramsey. But, okay. Um, it's, he's, one thing I appreciate about the Entree Leadership group is they're extremely intentional in how they do every step of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when there's something that happens that, like, whether they they do bad hiring and mm-hmm. they realize that, like, okay, then we've let a crazy person into our business. Mm-hmm. We don't want them in our business. Yeah. How do we make it so that doesn't happen again? Right. They're intentional about going back and closing doors so that they mm-hmm. continually build a better business. Yeah, so, I love um, that. Yeah, so that's that's also a great book I really Yeah, enjoy, so. I'll, have to, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Um, very cool. Is your book club currently, like, are you doing like open enrollment throughout the year? What's kind of the process on that? Yeah. Um, so I, I did want to cap it at about 30 and that's where we're at now. Um, just because when we do the in-person, I don't want there to be, and there <laughs> won't be 30 people there. Cause I do have some friends from, you know, Bothell and Seattle that are, that are in it that won't come to the in-person. But, um, I think about 30 is, a, is a good amount for the Facebook group too. So we're, there's not like too many comments. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this one goes this year and next year, maybe there's another format we could do where we can include more people. Nice. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Sure. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? Okay. I do like shopping, so there have been quite a few things. Um, <laughs> probably the most important thing I've bought under $100 is a really big bulletin board. Okay. Um, and we just put it up um, in our home office, which is open to our living room. Um, yesterday, and um, that's just where I've I put our big goals for the year, for our business, for our life, for our, you know, our household, and just something visual to look at that keeps us all focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest board that you can buy, like the better, because. <laughs> Um, having it just like right there in your face. Um, and that's how I'm used to working too, of just having everything and, um, being able to layer like paper and fabric and just (laughs) having it build up over the year. So yeah, yeah, a nice big bulletin board. Very cool. I love that. Um, who would you consider is the most influential person, uh, outside of your family in your life? Yeah. Um, that is a hard question because I would say my family, but if I can't, um, I'd probably go, um, tell you about a blogger that I like. So it's not like someone I've actually met, mm-hmm. but, um, I really love the, a beautiful mess, uh, blog and okay. podcast. Um, it is two sisters and, um, they're, they're like a DIY home renovation, blog. Um, they also do a lot of crafts and, um, I like them because, well, especially the one sister has a very eccentric style and she embraces it and she goes for it. So Mm -hmm. kind of seeing her put like nine pink Christmas trees in her house, (laughs) 
you know, kind of makes me feel okay about painting the door pink at the shop. So I like that she pushes it farther than I would so that it pushes me design-wise. Yeah. Um, and she's a mother of um, two children that she adopted and okay. we also adopted. Um, so I found her when we were um, preparing our adoption. So kind of also seeing her preparing for her adoption. Yeah. Um, so just kind of everything that she does aligns with the things that I'm doing, except she does it on a much bigger scale. So um, that it, she does inspire me. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. All right. Um, all right. Fill in the blank on this question. Okay. Um, I know this is weird, but I've always <laughs> wanted to blank. Um, yeah, I'm not like an adventure seeker, so my answer might feel kind of boring, but I would say make a dollhouse. Mm. <laughs> so I actually like bought a dollhouse kit last year and the supplies, and I was following these like Instagrammers that were doing all these designs on their, their dollhouses. Um, but I don't know that I'll ever actually do that, um, but I think it would be cool. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, I I just like it just there's so many things that I think everyone they have these things that they would like to do but like would probably not admit it to most people. Right. Um, I know. But that that <laughs> first part, the 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 qualifier of I know this is weird <laughs> yeah. kinda lets your brain turn that part off. I, I got this question from a, an author uh, that I follow. And I was like, I love that question. Yeah. Cause it just, it turns that part of your brain off the like yeah. getting worried part. Cause mm -hmm. you're like, well, I already said it was weird. <laughs> so like, then you can say whatever you want and yes. you're free to say it. So I love that. <laughs> All right. Who's an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? Yes. Um, have you talked to Samantha at Hemlock house studio? Samantha? No, I haven't. Yeah. She is awesome and very creative and, um, she has some things that she's done for me at the shop. Um, so it's always, I love chatting with her when she uh, has the chance to pop in and see what's going on in her creative mind. Yeah. She's actually done some pop-ups here oh. for, uh, flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I've never uh, had her on podcast or anything. So yeah. Nice. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any like regrets. So I feel like I wouldn't want to mess with that too much, but I might tell myself to have a little bit more fun. Um, cause when I was with like my, my close friends and my family, I could be really silly, but I think outside of that, I seemed pretty serious. Mm -hmm. So probably just, um, being a little more goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Melissa Overbeck for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to tomatocommons.com slash podcast. That's tomatocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.